It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And if you couldn't tell yesterday, the episode for Wednesday was recorded before Game 7 of the Clippers-Nuggets series. Therefore, on Thursday, we're going to have our celebration today about the Clippers getting bounced in the second round. So we'll do that to kick off the show. We're also going to have part one of the Reddit mailbag. I took to Reddit, asked for your questions, and you guys delivered enough for two episodes. So we're going to do that. We're going to take our time and go through each question because I really do appreciate everyone who asked some questions. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And so you can also follow the show on Twitter at LOTHunderPod and call into the show anytime you want to. Leave a question, a voicemail, an opinion, whatever, at 405-362-7128. And so let's start with the Clippers because that's what everyone's been waiting for. That's all the talk on Twitter. That's the buzz on Twitter is about how this Clippers team failed. And I said it before the, before the Game 7 started uh, earlier this week. This might have been a blessing in disguise for the Clippers depending on how they handle this in the offseason. So, this is where we're at. Oklahoma City won that Paul George trade the second it was made. And I said that at that time. This was a nice cherry on top to see that uh, the Thunder got Shea, Chris Paul, Gallo, and those historic mountain of draft picks for what ended up being 12 more games than Oklahoma City lasted in the postseason. Combined. Combined Russ and Paul George, they lasted in the postseason 12 more games than Oklahoma City did. In return, you again got Shea Gallo in all of your first-round picks. So the trade was won that day, and it's simply because if Kawhi or Paul George or both made a mess of this, right? If if I take you back to uh, a year ago in July, and they went public, and they were saying how I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this without Paul George. Paul George wants a trade to LA, demanding the trade. This was probably all known internally in the NBA, but if they would have went public with it, you're not getting that haul if you have a disgruntled star. You want to make these moves in silence, the way that Sam Presti does, because once you let moves get out, it ruins your leverage. So that's a credit to Paul George and Sam Presti for this trade being so successful because neither one of them made this public and it allowed them to absolutely fleece the Clippers. So it was won back then because 
you knew that this core of Paul George and Russ couldn't do anything, and you got back Shea, who I think is a is a top fifteen talent in the NBA in his future. Obviously not today, but in the, in his future, top fifteen talent type player. And of course, you got back all of their draft picks from now until seemingly the end of time, which in twenty twenty. I wouldn't question when the end of time is because it seems like it might be quicker than we think. So the Clippers went all in, right? And for Paul George to sit there and say this was not a championship or bust year for them is ridiculous, and it kind of shows you what he's been doing his whole career. Just like when he got to the Clippers, I was always a lifelong Clippers fan. No, you weren't. You're a lifelong Lakers fan. It's okay to say that. You don't have to pander to every audience you're in front of. That's what, that's what Paul George does. He panders. And so the reason why I thought that losing Game 7 might be a blessing in disguise for the Clippers is they have no assets right now. And you get a disappointing exit. You might fire, you probably will fire Doc Rivers. No, by the way, he's not a candidate for the Thunder, I don't think. I wouldn't want him in Oklahoma City. It's not a good fit. So let's, let's nip that right here. But also, you might trade Paul George. And if you trade Paul George, as bad as he's been in the postseason for his whole career, his best postseason moment comes in a Gatorade commercial. You're going to get some assets back. You're going to get something back that can help you because you have nothing in the chamber to improve this team. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And so that's why I think that maybe Losing in the second round could be a blessing in disguise for the for the Clippers because I also have faith, although I know I probably shouldn't, that Kawhi will resign. I know Kawhi's his own guy and goes off the grid all the time. And who would have thought he'd leave Toronto? But I do think he wants to be in L.A. I, I don't really know a destination where he'd otherwise want to be. I think that he also knows this this mat this um match with Paul George is not one. There's not a match there. And this team with the Clippers. We can talk about the uh, the dancing on the grave of the Clippers all we want to. That, that's been done enough on Twitter. I'm as happy as you are that the Thunder were able to fleece the, the, the Clippers and to get all these picks back, especially Shea. But from a basketball sense, this team proved that chemistry matters. The Clippers had no chemistry. They tightened up and fell apart at every turn in this series. And you need chemistry. Now, you can't be all chemistry. The Thunder this year, pretty much all chemistry. Now, they had some good players. I mean, Chris Paul, great player, second-team All-NBA, which we'll get to. They had Shea. Baisley and Dort were huge in the, in the bubble especially, and Dort has been huge since he, since he started playing for the Thunder. They had Gallo. He was good. Adams. They, they have talented players, but for the most part, by and large, it, it's based on chemistry, and that's what made them so good. And when you're only built on chemistry – a game seven in the first round, a second round appearance, that's that's good. That, that's, what you, you, that's what you've maximized out of this team by having said chemistry. But you cannot just be a collection of talent. You can't. 2011 Heat, that was a collection of talent that ran up against a team like Dallas that had chemistry. That wanted to fight for each other, that wanted to play together, that understood the way everyone played on that team. Trusted everyone on that team. And I don't mean trust in the sense of you know, out on the town. I mean, trust in, in a basketball sense of, okay, I trust that you're going to cut to the basket at this moment. I know your tendencies. When you're nursing injuries or fake injuries, when you're load managing, when you're doing all that stuff and you're not playing together, 
you can't get that chemistry back. You don't have that chemistry. You never built it up. And that's what happens. You lose games like this. You lose series like this. They don't have very many two-way players. They have a lot of guys that are specialists on one side of the floor or the other. They don't have any chemistry. And of course, they have playoff P, who again, his best playoff moment is in a Gatorade commercial. This Clippers team has a lot of questions around it and its future. And so what does this mean for the Thunder? It means you get to enjoy it. I mean, the bottom line is you control their picks. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be someone who's going to sit here and tell you this is amazing for the organization because I'm someone who thinks that Kawhi's going to return. Now, if in a year from today we're talking about how Kawhi just bolted for Miami or Kawhi just bolted for New York, and, of course, Paul George is either the only one left or doesn't re-sign himself either and go somewhere else as well. If they're left without Kawhi, yes, then it does dramatically change the draft pick outlook. But I think they're going to have Kawhi. I think he's going to re-sign after next summer. And their picks are going to stay in that 20 to 30 range. But it's a heck of a lot of fun when they get bounced early after going all in for Paul George. My biggest thing with that is that I don't blame the Clippers organization for doing that because this is a player league and you got held hostage by Kawhi. I more blame Kawhi for making a mess of things and wanting Paul George. Paul George is a nice little player. He's bad in the postseason. Now, I know Shea played bad in the postseason this year, but as a team, you don't think that Shea and Gallo would be better for Kawhi this year in the postseason? Or even... Just using those chips, I mean, literally gave away your organization, your your Shea, your Gallo, and all your draft picks for Paul George. Do that for someone else that's a better postseason player, that's a better player in general. But the organization as a whole, look, look, you sign up for Kawhi 10 times out of 10. I mean, here's a guy that won a couple finals in, in, in San Antonio, finals MVP, goes to Toronto in one year, does the exact same thing. And I firmly believe that Toronto would be back-to-back champions if they had Kawhi today. Had Kawhi not left, and, and I voted on them and picked them before the bubble started saying that they'd win even without Kawhi. But had Kawhi not left, that was a perfect team for him. But from a, from a Thunder aspect, get your jokes off. Have fun. This is awesome. You'd much rather be on this side of the conversation than the Clippers side of this conversation. Absolutely. But what really changes to me, not much. I mean... I'm still projecting these picks to be 20 to 30 range. Again, subject to change if Kawhi all of a sudden leaves next offseason. But I don't see a market that he'd want to go to that's not with the Clippers. I'm more interested in, do they fire Doc Rivers? His third his third 3-1 lead blown in his coaching career has not gotten the Clippers over the hump. And Bomber's going to want to... I mean, I don't think he's going to take this lightly as someone who's so competitive... Uh, as a billionaire and is truly involved in the day-to-day basketball sense, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to make a move happen. And that's why I think that it could be a blessing in disguise because you might trade Paul George and get some assets back because right now you have zero assets. So from a better standpoint, not much changes, but it's, it's certainly a lot of fun talking about it. And it's certainly very, very funny. And I think that yesterday was a top Thunder Twitter day because everyone was getting these jokes off. And I, and I just loved reading every single one of them. But coming up, we're going to have your Reddit mailbag part one because you guys sent in so many questions I cannot wait to get to. 
No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. And so we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD or call into the show 405-362-7128. And I've always wanted to get fans more involved in this show. I think that that's important. I think that it's good for the show and for the listeners to feel heard. So I've always tried to have different ideas and ways you can do that. We've, we've done Twitter mailbags, Reddit mailbags, voicemail episodes, and we're going to do another Reddit mailbag because I truly want to make this feel uh, more communal on this show. And so the Reddit mailbag today is a fun one. And again, it's so it's so many questions and it's, it's going to be split up into two parts. But the first question came from two different people, uh, but I'm going to combine it into one question uh, because it's, it's again, the, pretty much the exact same question. It's Tony Gonzalez and, and this person named Kilimanjaro. I'm not sure if I said your, your name right. I apologize. But they ask, do you think that Shea can be a premier point guard or does he fit better at the two or the three? If he's not a premier point guard, if, he does, if he's not a premier point guard, who is, a, is the best fit for the point guard spot? So with Shea, this is the big question with him, right? And I've talked since I've taken over this podcast about that Shea is a chameleon or whatever that lizard thing is that can tr- that can change colors. He, he can fit a lot of different play styles. He can fit with anyone you want to put around him, which gives Sam Presti so much flex- flexibility as he's trying to build this team. When at worst, your number two guy, I mean, at the very worst, Shea is number two on a championship roster. When he is so flexible that he can play small forward, play shooting guard, play point guard, it allows you to build your team better. But this is a question I think that a lot of Thunder fans have is, can he be a point guard? And for me... The answer is we'll see, right? And that's a boring answer, but he hasn't really gotten the chance to truly flourish in that role. Uh, he got some he got some looks at the point guard position in a Doc Rivers offense in LA his rookie year. But of course, rookie point guards are going to make mistakes. But it shows a lot that Doc Rivers, although we just trusted him in the first segment, he trusted him to run that offense as a rookie. That does take a lot to earn that trust. And he's shown potential as a playmaker. And... The beautiful thing about this is you're going to trade Chris Paul. Dennis is an expiring deal. So no matter if you trade him in November or whenever the trade deadline is for next season, he's going to get dealt. Shea's going to be your point guard as you're tanking. So you're going to get plenty of time to evaluate Shea as a point guard. And even if he can be a point guard, Multiple point guards can work one time, and that's what makes this, this again, team building so easy for, for Presti is that, okay, if Shea's a great point guard, cool, we can still draft a point guard. 
If he's not a good point guard, awesome. He's a very good small forward, very good uh, shooting guard, more likely. Draft Kate Cunningham. Draft somebody that can handle the ball. And his playmaking is pretty good. I mean, in, in limited, limited minutes, of course. But his assist points is a B grade. His pass creating volume is a B grade. His pass versatility is an A minus. His playmaking talent is an A minus. His scoring gravity is an A. His pass creation quality is an A minus. But he does struggle with his pass efficiency. He grades at an F in pass efficiency. And these are all brought to you by Basketball Index, my favorite place to go get advanced stats. I love checking out player profiles and digging into different players and what they can do on the ball and different things like that. Again, they have so many different tools. But his playmaking grades out. He has two Fs, and the Fs come for role-adjusted assists. So adjusting to what role he plays, does he get enough uh, points off of assists? You know, Does he dish out enough assist points, I should say? Because he's the one assisting. That's an F. And his pass, effic- his pass efficiency is an F. That's to be expected in a guy with a limited role with the ball. I mean, he was his most effective lineup was playing with Chris Paul and Dennis, two ball handlers. He rarely would play without Chris Paul, who'd handle the ball. At least it was not a big enough sample size to make a huge you know, proclamation about what he can be as a playmaker. His pass efficiency, that's really low right now. You'd like to see that higher. But I will say he's still a young player and he has not been given the reins to improve as a passer, which he will this season. So ultimately, you walk away from this and have to say a boring answer, and that's maybe. But the great thing is, even if this answer is no, you're perfectly fine because you know what else he can do when he's playing off the ball, when he's playing you know, as a cutter, when he's going to the rim, driving with the ball, when he's shooting. You know what he can do outside of being a, a playmaker. But he's a really good playmaker. I mean, you go down this list. His pass aggressiveness is a C. Outside of those two Fs, which is roll adjustment assist and pass efficiency, his other lowest grade that's down to B is passing aggressiveness. That's that's fine to me. And every time that you watch him in that point guard role, he shows flashes of being able to handle this. So I think he could be your point guard. But what's so brilliant about Shea is his versatility. Is he going to be someone that you lock into only being a point guard? I don't think so. But can he be your point guard on a very, 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 very good team? Absolutely. Again, the top talents for Shea, finishing and playmaking. Sounds like a pretty good point guard to me. I want to see what he can do as the leader of this offense. And then the second question of the day, can Steven Adams be the right fit for Oklahoma City, or should Oklahoma City move into a more a more new age center with a play style that of Bam Adebayo or any of these other centers that are taking over the league. And Steven Adams is a fan favorite. I like Steven Adams. You love Steven Adams. I've made my opinion known on him about the Rockets series that there was a chance for him to play in small dosages, but as his minutes creeped up, the losses also happened and the differential creeped up. And that can't be your starting center and your only option. I will say, as a silver lining for Steven Adams, you're not going to be wanting, you're not going to want to be good next year. They're going to want to tank, and that's not to say he's a bad player. What I'm saying is, he's an expiring contract, so that's his value. His value, right, is, is the fact that he's coming off the books in a year in which you want to be players. If you're if you're Miami, 
if you're Toronto, if you're Dallas, if you're any of these markets, you want to be players in that 2021 class with Paul George, with Kawhi, with all those guys. You want to be players. So what do you need? You need to shed money. And taking on expiring contracts in, in turn of, of long-term money, that helps you do that. So the Thunder can flip Stephen Adams no matter what. They can take on long-term money. They'll be able to do that as they're losing money off the books with Chris Paul's trade, with Dennis, with Andre coming off as a free agent this year, trading, trading Adams. They'll be able to do that. They'll be able to take on long-term money because they know, look, we're not going to get free agents anyway. We're not going to. So let's just get more assets in, in, in return. So here's the deal. That's Adams' value right now, right? And you don't want to win next year. So you don't need Adams to be that gritty, hard-nosed, guy that does the dirty work. Is, it, is he still going to do that? Yes, he cannot turn that off. That's the kind of player he is, and that's why you love him in a, in a place like Oklahoma. But what he can do is have freedom. And with freedom, he can try to expand his game. We've seen him take threes in practice all the time. We see it in the preseason all the time, him taking threes. If he's not going to try to shoot threes now, after what we just saw in that first round series, with no expectation on this next team, with the expectation to try to lose with a team on paper that's going to lose, if he's not going to shoot threes now, then win. Then win. And if he never shoots threes, then he'll always be just a guy in the NBA. Because the game has passed him by it's unfair to him, but the NBA has evolved so much just since they gave him that contract. Look at the centers left this year. You have you have Baines, you have Jokic, you have Bam, and you have Anthony Davis. None of those guys have the play style of Steven Adams. The second round. You had no center in Houston, which beat you with Steven Adams. You had Anthony Davis. You had Jokic. You had Zubak, Harold, whoever you want to put there for the Clippers. You had Giannis, whoever you want to put as the Lopez or whoever for the Bucks. Bam, of course. And I'm sorry, I meant Daniel Tice, of course, still in it for the for the Celtics. Uh, but And then you, you went on to Toronto, who does have the traditional... Gasol, Apaka, rotation in their center. But the NBA is evolving to where Steven Adams is not your, your center anymore. He's not your starting go-to, feast, give him the ball, play him a ton of minutes guy. He shouldn't have been this series. He's not going to be in the future unless he evolves his game and feels more comfortable taking those jumpers in real action. And what better opportunity to give him than to showcase that until the trade deadline? Showcase you can stretch the floor a little bit. That does not mean knock down a bunch of threes. That just means develop an elbow jumper. Develop some post moves. Let's see if you can stretch the floor a little bit. On top of doing the dirty work, on top of being a, a gritty guy that can help set a culture, that can help get rebounds, that can help set screens, that can help die for loose balls, that can help keep possessions alive, that can box out five different guys, you know, that can box out a whole team. Let's see him grow that role, not for Oklahoma City, but to audition him for other teams around the league. So is he your center? Not when you want to contend in the sense of he's not going to be your workhorse center when this team wants to contend for an actual championship. Is he still on the team then? Probably. Maybe. That's too far in the future to know. But his next deal 
after this next season is not going to be $27 million. It's not going to be a ton of money. So if you want him back, you can have him back. And he seems to like Oklahoma City. He's not going to have a big market, especially not in that little class. If you want him back, you can have him back for very cheap. But no, he's not the right play style to be a successful center for a winning team. And I honestly don't think, I've seen this a lot, and we'll get to a question after the break about it, I don't think the Warriors want them. But you're going to want a box of Built Bars because Built Bars are a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and get $10 off that first order. Built Bars, again, fantastic. 100% chocolate on the outside, soft and easy to chew. They are great for the keto diet. You're going to want to get your hands on Built Bars today. Trust me when I say that. They're going to be great for pre-workout, great for post-workout, even great as a meal replacement. I love Built Bars. I love the banana nut bread option. They also have new flavors, a new recipe, a new design. So try out some Built Bars by going to BuiltBar.com, using promo code LOCKEDON, get $10 off that next order, and while supplies last, you're going to get a free cooler with every purchase. Let me know if you've tried Built Bars and what you think of Built Bars, because I think that they are fantastic. Again, a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. You cannot go wrong there. So go to BuiltBar.com today, use promo code LOCKEDON, and get $10 off that next order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Adams question was brought to you by Krusty Crab is Funfair9. Great Reddit name there. Uh, and then also it was asked by C-P-L-B-E-R-N-A-R-D. And they, they threw in the part about BAM. The first question, the Krusty Crab guy or girl was, was saying, is Stephen M's a long-term center? Answered both of those in the last segment. And to end this portion, but again, next episode will be totally read up mailbag questions because you guys have a ton in here. There are some trade ideas, which I love. There are some uh, draft questions, which you know I love the draft, and, and much, much more. But I do want to end it with this Wiggins-Adams idea because I don't know why the Warriors would want Steven Adams. I carpet as... What are your thoughts on Steven Adams for Anthony Wiggins plus draft picks in a trade? If yes, how many picks would you want to take on that terrible contract? The Warriors are getting for cap space in 2021, and trading for Adams would allow them to clear potentially $31 million from that Wiggins deal to get under the cap and try to go for Giannis, of course. Uh, how we're taking back that contract with Wiggins would not be ideal, although the Thunder would then have Team Canada with Shade, Tort, Wiggins, and, all, and the like. So that's the real selling point for the Warriors is – you're getting expiring money in a year in which Giannis is available and Giannis seems to at least somewhat like the, the Warriors. We've seen that rumored this entire time. From a basketball standpoint, they would much rather have Wiggins to be that Harrison Barnes role than have Steven Adams. From a financial standpoint, if they truly like Giannis and want to go for Giannis, they're going to make that trade. The flip side is the draft pick capital. And that is where it becomes interesting. Would they give up the number two pick, a future first in Wiggins for Steven Adams? They would. That would have to signal, look, guys, we've got a 
we've somehow got a backdoor verbal confirmation from Giannis. We cheated the system. We tampered. He's coming here. Let's clear the books. Let's do it. That, that, that is exactly what that would signal if they did something like that. And the Thunder in position, like I said, to take on money. They can take on the Tobias Harris contract. They can take on the Wiggins contract for the right draft pick price because they're losing Adams. They're losing Dennis. They're losing Chris Paul. They're losing Andre. They're losing these big contracts. They're left with, with rookies. They're left with young guys. And that leaves you a ton of room to work with. And I hate to say this. It seems like everyone in the, in the media world says this, but I do like me some Andrew Wiggins. Kansas guy. Didn't didn't fit well in Minnesota. Changes scenery, always lit up Chesapeake. I do like me some Wiggins. If they somehow pulled off a a beautiful trade to get the second pick in this year's draft and a future pick pick in Wiggins and Adams uh, goes away to the Warriors, all that for just Adams. Pinch me, pinch me. To want to take back that Wiggins contract, though, I think it's two picks somewhere. Light, two lightly protected picks. It can't be a scenario in which you get the Wiggins contract and then you get a pick that will likely convey into a second round pick. It's got to be like, okay, the only protection is it can't be in the top five. If we somehow have injuries again as the Warriors and we finish in the top five again, we're keeping it. But that's like the only stipulations that there can be. It, it, it can't just be the Wiggins and Adams trades you know, getting swapped and then you get like one pick. You need at least two, I think, and we'll see how they can maneuver from there. But that's a great point about making room for Giannis because if everyone has rumored that for a year now about wanting Giannis or Giannis wanting Golden State or whatever, they need to clear money. And moving on from Wiggins for an expiring deal would be interesting. I don't know if Wiggins' personality is one that fits the Thunder culture, but if you get the second overall pick in this year's draft, which again, I'm just throwing out there as pure speculation, that would be pretty nice. I want to know your, your answer to that. Everyone listening right now, call in, go to Twitter. If you, if you want to call in 405-362-7128, if you want to tweet at me at Rylan underscore styles and at LO Thunderpod, what would it take for you to take back the Wiggins contract? For Adams, I'm gonna go Adams Wiggins, and then you throw in some, you know, you throw in some picks. How many picks would it take for you to, to take on that contract? And would it have to be the number two overall pick, or would you just say uh, down the line, hit me up with picks down the line? That is interesting. That is really, really interesting. And I do think that that number two pick probably gets dealt this year. I don't know to who. I just have a feeling it's gonna get dealt. It's gonna be really, really fascinating to see how this all pans out. But that was a fun show. Again, your Reddit questions are awesome. We're going to continue this on tomorrow's show and talk about the draft. Be good and be good to one another. And we'll see you next time on Locked On Thunder. Free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.